Welcome back to the Making the Madness College Basketball Podcast. I have a special guest on for you. It is Andrew Dekoff. Uh, he has his own website, DPI Hoops. Uh, and then he also writes for the Mountain West Wire. Uh, so glad to have you on, Andrew. Glad to be here. Uh, so the first question I will do with every guest speaker Okay. If you could go back in time, like two years, you have the option to either change the results of all the sports outcomes or keep them the exact same. What are you doing? Okay. Um, I think I would probably just keep them the exact same. Um, I don't, you know, get to control if I change them all. Like what? What the actual outcomes no, it's are? It's just randomized. Okay. Yeah. Then I'd probably just keep the exact same. Um, you know, I I don't know what I would change. I, I feel like I haven't been too unhappy with my, maybe the Patriots are winning too many Super Bowls, but I think it's okay. Yeah, I I would keep them the exact same. You you know what's going to happen, so I guess you could. Right gamble on them anyway uh yeah, good point so uh for stars what kind of do you do uh as a whole uh yeah. where people can find your work yeah sure um so yeah like you said i i run a website uh dpihoops.net and there i do some analytics and bracketology um there's going to be anything updated until at least after thanksgiving um on there so you know just because it doesn't really make sense to come out with uh analytics when there just have not been enough games played so that'll get updated probably around the end of the month um otherwise yeah like you said i write for mountain west wire um i write sometimes for busting brackets as well uh you know i can my work can kind of be found out there dpihoops.net is my own site Okay, and they can follow you at Andrew Dekoff yeah. on Twitter. That's uh, right. At, our at goal Andrew is to get Andrew to 1,000 followers <laughs> by the end of, uh, we'll go by Thanksgiving. And that, would, that would be great. Yeah, I'm sitting right around 800 right now. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's get me to legitimacy. Okay, so let, let's start out here. Uh, your thoughts on the whole James Wiseman situation. Uh, All right. Is he eligible? Is he not eligible? Yeah, this yeah. is a crazy situation. So, um, I honestly, I haven't had a lot of time to run through like specific allegations against him. I, I know it has something to do with me, but can you just sort of break down what happened for me just a little bit more? Because it happened while I was at work yesterday, and yeah, it's just been busy since then. Yeah, I think what happened was uh, Penny Hardaway kind of like helped him moved to Memphis back when he was the coach at East High School. Mm-hmm. And since Penny was donating to the school in 2008, uh, they're labeling Penny as a donor uh, and essentially ruling Wiseman ineligible because uh, donors can't... I get, see. ...or at least help recruits. Uh, okay. Yeah, so... That's a tough situation. Um, you know, he's he's a donor. He's a coach. This is kind of a weird conflict. Uh, I, I 
anymore, I don't really try to guess what the NCAA is going to do because there's just really no telling. There's not a lot of transparency or consistency, really. So, you know, this kind of thing doesn't it doesn't rub me the wrong way all that much. But I also understand if they do rule him ineligible for the season. Yeah, and it looks like Memphis is just going to play him whether yeah. they rule him ineligible or not. So. And I and I hope so, because I actually just last night uh, bought tickets to the Phil Knight Invitational. So Memphis is coming to play Oregon up here at the Moda Center in Portland, uh, where I live. Oh. And then Oregon State and Oklahoma play later that night. So it'll be a nice night of basketball, but I'm here get my James Wiseman, you know, uh, viewing in when I can. Yeah. yeah. Uh, may- maybe he'll be back up near you with the Warriors here in about a year. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, so let's run through the previous night's games. Uh, let's start out with the biggest blowout of the day. Jeez. Utah winning by 94 points. Uh, Ryland Jones and both Gok. Uh, first team all name player right. both had triple doubles yeah i mean what what can you say um miss Valley state just really <laughs> just really did not show up i guess um did a little better in their first game i'm pretty sure they played iowa state um you know i think they still got blown out by like 40 or something but it, you know yeah. it's not 94 that's just that's Nothing a bizarre. Compared to this. No, that's that's a bizarre game. But Utah's looking pretty good to start the season. I mean, they beat uh, they beat Nevada the other night, which yeah. was kind of unexpected. In Nevada, in Nevada, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, if both Gotch and Timmy Allen keep playing the way that they have, and they actually keep that up, then they could, you know, potentially be a surprise team. Because I I kind of had them pegged around that. I think ninth place spot in the Pac-12, but they could be better than that. Yeah, I, I was kind of like doing the Pac-12 preview mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and you know, I was looking at this team. I'm like, there's not a lot to like here, but you know, <laughs> thus far they have uh, certainly outperformed at least expectations. Granted, yeah, Nevada is not the same Nevada as right, old. right. Mississippi yeah, Valley State is pretty terrible, but right. I mean, yeah, they're one of the. I mean, I think they were one of the last or like lowest five teams in the Ken Palm last year, and I don't think they're really expected to be much higher this year. But still, I mean, ninety-four point, even just scoring ninety-four points in a game, let alone beating your opponent by that much, is yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next game was the Armed Forces Classic. I wanted to. You know, kind of break down with you. Uh, Baylor leads pretty much throughout the game, and then yeah. just a complete collapse. Uh, Isaiah Carter had 23. Uh, McDa- McDaniel's and Stewart looked really good. Yeah, uh, I thought. Yeah, I thought Isaiah Stewart looked great. I mean, um, he had that go-ahead shot, obviously with about 30 seconds left or so. But you know, 15 points, seven boards, three blocks. That's a great. That's a great first uh, first outing there. Um, yeah. And that was their first game of the season, right? Uh, yes. Okay. That was their first game and yeah. Baylor's second game. Right, because Baylor played in that opening game against Central Arkansas. 
where they looked a lot better than they did last night. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they gave up that, what, 14 to one run down the last like five and a half minutes, just completely gave the game away uh, or Washington yeah. took it. I mean, is probably a better way to say it, but um I mean, you kind of have to, it goes both ways. Right. Like, Baylor kind of choked, and Washington improved their play. I I know it's like their zone was really active late in that game, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, the last, or second-to-last possession, uh, game on the line, and Hopkins decides to throw man-to-man just to screw with Baylor, I guess. Right. Yeah, no, and and it worked. Um and yeah, they were they were great. Hamir Wright too, with five blocks on the game uh, for Washington. That was a pretty great performance from him. Especially, I think he got one down the stretch too when uh, Baylor was trying to score at the end. Yeah, uh, but the yeah, next game I was <sighs> looking into was the uh, Pac-12 China game. You have uh, Colorado winning by ten. Uh, against Arizona State. This is not a conference game, weirdly, right. but uh, I guess pseudo-conference matchup. Right, yeah. So I don't know. I, I haven't checked the schedules to see if these teams are going to play three times this year or if they did it so, you know, to match them up so they'd only have the one. But, yeah, it's kind of kind of cool to see them playing in China. You know, I guess... For them, it was technically the you know the first Saturday game because they're playing Saturday afternoon or um, <laughs> something in China. But yeah, I thought Colorado looked really good. Um, Tyler Bay and McKinley Wright both looked great. Evan Batty was good. Um, yeah, I think I think they're a tournament team for sure. And yeah, yeah, I think that they came out firing on all cylinders really from game one. And I checked I check the notes. They will play once more this season. They will not okay. play three times unless I mean, they've in the right. Pac-12 tournament, of course. Right, but right. Okay. And that game will be played at Arizona State. Uh, one thing to note, uh, no Tayshawn Cherry. I think he had an NCA issue uh, and no Romello White. So maybe not take too much away from it if you're Arizona State. That's true. Yeah, still, um, I guess in a game against a tournament team, still something. Yeah, good, I guess. sure. And Remy Martin looked really good. Rob Edwards looked pretty nice. Um, you know they they've got they've got good pieces there. But yeah, it's probably too soon to make a, a final determination on Arizona State just yet. Yeah, and may, maybe they can you know pick up a couple more you know quality wins and actual non conference play. Right. <laughs> uh, and get back to the tournament for a third straight year. Uh, yep. And as a whole, the Pac-12 is looking much improved compared to last season. You know, yeah. Last non-conference, you had everyone losing a bye game. <laughs> uh, Washington, the only team uh, up until late in the season even, you know, guaranteed a tournament spot. Uh, yeah. But, that is certainly different this year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think the Pac-12 is very solid for at least, you know, four bids um, that feel kind of like locks already with, you know, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, and Colorado. Not necessarily in that order. Uh, but those, those four teams, I feel like, are, as long as they don't really have 
very surprising screw ups over the season, they should be in. Um, but I mean, they might get five or six teams out of the Pac-12. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'd say five is the number I would reasonably yeah. expect. I think Arizona State, if they can, you know, pick up the wins needed, maybe you can get a Utah in there. Maybe they will. Maybe in. You know, if they beat everyone by ninety-four. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you do that, then, hey, they may be looking at a one seed. But, yeah. uh, you know, and you've also got teams like USC, you know, who has a lot of good uh, good young talent there. But it, they've also got Andy Enfield, who hasn't really done a great job getting them into the tournament in his six years. I mean, yeah. they have two appearances, but not a lot. And also, your Oregon State Beavers, who are yeah. playing State tonight. Yes. Uh, big game for that. Uh, any... Thoughts going into that one? Um, it's really cool to see, you know, a, a Power Five team coming to Corvallis. Uh, I think that that's a, a a good thing for the program. I think that they've scheduled a lot better. I mean, the Pac-12's put in guidelines to make sure that they do, but it's just kind of cool to see. About the game itself, though, I mean, Trace Tinkle really has to take over, I think. Yeah. Um, he looked great against Cal State Northridge, uh, but they didn't have their best player um, in Lamina Gianne. Um, Kyler Kelly looked good. Ethan Thompson looked good. That's what you can expect from the Beavers, though. You know, those top three are going to look good. It's everything else that's still kind of the question mark right now, and if that's going to be enough. And Iowa State, they certainly have their own uh, their own set of really good players, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, obviously, Tyrese Halliburton, yeah. you know, kind of a do-it-all guy that can make shots, really right. high-level defender. Yeah, uh, and I, I love Razier Bolton at Penn State last year as a freshman. Um, I'm glad to see him playing here. I, you know, he didn't have the the greatest debut, but he's a he's a good player and he can make things a little tough. Yeah, he's kind of like he's not a guy you're going to go for, you know the last shot of the game but you know he's certainly someone that can get you about 10 points per game which is kind of what yeah, they needed exactly uh let's move over to the mountain west now sure uh utah State, you know kind of struggled <laughs> in their first game before completely obliterating uh weber state last night yeah uh, so <laughs> so with utah state i was you know kind of shocked but not I was a little surprised by both results, honestly. Um, I didn't realize, though, going into the game that Jarek Harding wouldn't be playing for Weber State, so that was a big difference because uh, he's really the the engine that makes Weber State go. But yeah, the first game against Montana State, they you know Harold Fry or Harold Fry just goes crazy uh, for what thirty five points or something like that, and. Um, you know, Utah State finds a way to pull it out, and then they blow out Weber State. I think they look good. I think they miss uh, Nemus Keita, though. I think they really need to get him back as soon as yeah. possible. I mean, you, you need your rim protector uh, guy on the team yeah. in order to really, you know, do anything. You know, as when it, when it comes to Utah State, they, they're obviously, uh, you know, I think it pretty safe NCAA tournament team. I would think but, so. You know, they're, 
they're looking, you know, win the Mountain West comfortably this year, uh, win a couple games in the tournament. So they'll need him healthy in order to do that. Yeah, I agree. If he's not there, then the Mountain West becomes a lot more wide open, I think, at the top. And, you know, their their lock status as an at-large bid, really, I think that goes down. Yeah. Uh, and then as as a whole, the Mountain West, uh, any thoughts through first couple games of the season? Uh, you know, still kind of waiting. Obviously, there's a, a couple thoughts. Um, I think... Fresno State had a game that sort of stood out to me uh, when they played Oregon the other night. So they lost by 14. Uh, and really, you know, Nate Grimes looked pretty good. And he's the big, you know, the big guy that they're leaning on this year to kind of transition after losing Deshaun Taylor and Braxton Huggins. And the Noah Blackwell, one of the guards who's supposed to be kind of taking up one of those roles, he was out. He's been suspended for a violation of university policy. I haven't really gotten better details on that. Um, New Williams is the other one, and he was 0 for 6, I think, from three-point land. So, uh, yeah, they need to get those... They need to get this kind of new team going if they're going to win 23 games again like they did last year. Yeah. Uh, Looking yeah. at, uh, you know, San Diego State, mm-hmm. New Mexico, kind of like the other teams, do you think any one of those teams can get an at-large bid? I think if anyone else besides Utah State is going to get an at-large bid, it would probably be one of those two teams. Um, it's really kind of hard to tell what the chemistry is going to be like, though, because they've got a lot of new faces, a lot of transfers coming in. Um, new Mexico probably has the higher ceiling, but the lower floor. Uh, I think San Diego State, they might not have, you know, I don't see a 25-win team necessarily in there. Um, but I also don't see them falling below 500 like maybe a New Mexico could. Yeah, that, make, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the big game tonight in the Mountain West in, I guess, the Pac-12, Oregon is hosting Boise State. Yeah, uh, that, that's going to be a good one, I think. So it'll be closer than, you know, the 12-point spread, you think? I think it'll be closer than that throughout most of the game. Whether the final score is actually there, that's a little harder because, you know, these things tend to get stretched out by free throws at the end and whatnot. Um, but I do think that Boise State certainly can play there. That's It's going to be interesting, though. Um, the last I saw was... For Oregon, uh, Francis Okoro is questionable. Um, looked like he had some shoulder injury maybe going on in the last game. I'm not really sure what's happening there. But if he's not playing, that really actually plays to Boise State's strength um, because they don't have a lot of size. And so they're going to yeah. have trouble contesting uh, with him down low. Okoro looked really good in the first game. 10 points, yeah. 10 rebounds performance. Right. Uh, you know, just a big man who can dominate inside. You, you certainly need that. Yeah, and Boise State just really doesn't have it. Um, they've got some really good explosive players, but they started uh, against Life Pacific, you know, the NAIA team that they played the other day. Uh, they started Derek Alston and R.J. Williams in the front court with, you know, 
Justinian Jessup, Alex Hobbs, and Marcus Dickinson. Uh, so really a very small lineup there. Um, yeah. Because that's really, you know, those are their best players. And they can bring Robin York off the bench for some size, but he's just never really been that effective of a player. Um, they lost Mikey Frazier, who was supposed to be their other center. They lost uh, they lost Zach Haney and David Wacker from graduation last year. So they were just really are kind of a mess in the big man department right now. So if Okoro's not playing, Boise State has a much better shot at matching up well with Oregon, I think. Nice. Uh, moving, you know, kind of for, forward, I guess we'll go back in time, mm. uh, look at some other games that, you know, kind of caught your eye. Uh, first off, do you have any, like, Champions Classic tapes or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I don't think that it's anything too surprising or, or fresh or bold, but, you know, Kentucky looks really good. <laughs> yeah. They, they just, they looked very impressive, um, even though they didn't, you know, blow anyone out of the water kind of like duke did last year they still made a pretty big statement i think in that first game yeah they they've kind of looked thus far like the number one team in the country yeah uh, obviously tyrese maxi performed you know outstanding yeah on that big stage on madison square garden but you know last night you had nick richards i think had like 25 and 10 uh, so they they have a lot of guys that can kind of beat you, uh, yeah. which separates them, I think, from some of the other teams. I agree. Yeah, on my uh, on the Rockin' Twenty Five poll that we both do, uh, I I put Kentucky as my top team. This you know after the early games because it just yeah they just they looked like that kind of national title contender. Yeah, and really you know the other three teams that were there really didn't play all that great no. of games. Uh, Michigan State, you had Cassius Winston kind of struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke, you know, they played great defensively, but they're going to need to obviously improve offensively, get more consistent production. Yeah, they just can't shoot at all from the from three-point. I mean, they, they were really bad against Colorado State yesterday, too. It just... Yeah. Yeah, they they just need to fix that cuz that's a big Achilles heel and they and Cassius Stanley looks good so far. Um but they you know, they don't have Zion Williams. They don't or Williamson. They don't have uh, RJ Barrett this time around to kind of make up for the, some of those shooting woes and I think that that's that's going to come back to bite them if they can't fix that. Yeah, and it's weird kind of like their two best shooters I would say are big men. I'd say, you know, Carry mm-hmm. and Hurt you know, you can make the case. Hurt's certainly their best shooter, but you can make yeah. the case. Carries. I'd say Al- Alex O'Connell right. is probably their second best shooter, but like yeah. Carries might be their third best shooter, which is uh, less than ideal, I would say. Sure, uh, yeah, and you expected that to be Jack White, but now they're kind of using him in more of a traditional forward role, it seems like, or at least they did against uh, Kansas and. You know, maybe they just lost faith in him when he went over twenty six in that stretch last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure he lost faith in himself as sure. well. Sure. Uh, and then, and then you, know, you know, looking at Kansas, they turned <laughs> it over twenty times. <laughs> yeah, that's basically that's, give away the game. That's bad. I mean, a lot of that is 
Duke's really good defense, forcing them into bad decisions. But that was that was one of the big things that I was kind of concerned about for Kansas was they were kind of a turnover prone team last year too, and Duke's a very opportunistic defense. And yeah, that yeah. that all played out just kind of how I expected it was going to. Uh, maybe not to that extent, though, to be honest. And Grant, Kansas was without Isaiah Moss. He did sure. play last night and hit a couple of threes. Uh, maybe they win that game if he's in action, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean... You can't it, play the hypothetical game. Right. Um, you know, and one thing that I think Kansas really needs is for Yudoka uh, Azubike to turn a corner, you know. Um, he... He looks, he's got a lot, so much potential. You know, he can be that big dominant big man, I think, but he needs to show it a little more consistently and be a little more dominant if Kansas can't clean up the turnovers. You know, if, if they're struggling with that, then they really need to make up for it somewhere. And I think he's the guy who probably has to turn it up a notch. Yeah. And I, I just think they can't play. David McCormick or Sylvia Rissusa next to Azabuke. Just neither of those guys can shoot at all. And you, yeah. you at least need some floor spacing. Right. Duke was bas- basically having like three guys in the paint at all times. And that's not, you know, that's not how they can use Azabuke really effectively. Right. Yeah, so Kansas, I don't know. I, I'm I think that they've got the pieces to be a top five team, you know, but whether or not all of that kind of comes together, if if you're turning the ball over, you know, however many times every game, that's that's gonna be tough to win games. Yeah. So. Uh looking forward to some of tomorrow's games. Uh we have the Battle of Florida, the Sunshine State. Uh, showdown, I think that's what it's called. Okay. Florida State at Florida. Uh, you got the Gators, who are arguably a top five team. Yeah. I've been inside my rocking 25, top five. Uh, and then you got Florida State, who I, I'm still a believer in despite the loss uh, at okay. Pitt. But. That was going to be my question for you. Yeah. Are you, still, are you still on that train? Now, do you think I, they're I, still top 25 good? I think they can be a top 25 team. Sure. Uh, MJ Walker needs to improve, but I, I like what I saw of Devin Vassell. Uh, went six of seven, had like a six-minute period where he had 14 points. Trent Force certainly looks good, but uh, they will need MJ Walker to at least not you know, turn the ball over or miss right. – open jump shots to tie the game. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, Florida is arguably tougher than Pitt. (laughs) I think that's uh, that's easy to say. So yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see just how dominant Kerry Blackshear can be. If he's really kind of up in that all American tier, or if maybe people are getting a little overexcited about him. Yeah. I think the, Big thing with him is like he fits their style perfectly just because mm-hmm. they need a big man. It kind of makes them, you know, a top, a for sure, top 10 team that people are just kind of like overrating him a little bit, just saying, well, he's now a perfect fit and 
he's probably their best player on a top 10 team. Uh, let's put him on our first team All-American list. When yeah. in reality, like last year at Virginia Tech, he was the third option behind Robinson and uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You know, he's never been that go-to guy. He's certainly a good player, but I'm not sold he's an All-American just yet, or at least a first-team All-American. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think all of that makes sense. And then the other one, uh, back in the Pac-12, you have Illinois at Arizona. Uh, Illinois struggled with uh, Nichols State, who, as we're speaking, is beating Pittsburgh by eight. Yeah, uh, that's the same State. Pittsburgh team that beat Florida State, so... You know, there's yeah. some weird transitive property thing we could probably do there. <laughs> so Nichols State is the best team in college basketball. It's that's yeah, that's what pretty much away. exactly. It's not Kentucky. <laughs> it is Nichols State. Uh, but then you know, Illinois anyway rebounded well. Kofi Cockburn had a big game last night yeah. as they took down Grand Canyon on the road. Yeah, I think he had what twenty four and thirteen. Or twenty three and yeah. fourteen, some something like that. <laughs> um, I think it was twenty four and fourteen. Okay, I'm, or twenty three and fourteen. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Somewhere in there, but yeah. But he he certainly looked good. I mean, this is the same Grand Canyon that lost to Davenport, right? Is that the yes, team that they lost Dav- to the other day? So you know, there's question marks of course about it but they're also a team that was supposed to maybe be in the top two or three of the whack so it's not a terrible opponent but yeah, yeah Kofi it is tough road game so that's sure um yeah i i really like illinois um i'm kind of on the bandwagon that thinks that they're going to be a tournament team this year um I really like uh, Dasunmu. I like Andres Feliz, Bejanishvili, if I <laughs> said that right, when gave it a go. Um, Bejanishvili, yeah. I think that I probably butchered that even worse. Bejanishvili, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. But he's good. <laughs> Number 15. Yeah. Um, the, the Georgian native, I think. Yes. Yeah, actually, it's funny. I'm looking on the sports reference page right now for them, and he's listed as being from like Rustavi, Georgia, but it's GA, like the state of Georgia. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's accurate. If maybe, we'll see. I think he's from the country, like, right? Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. But here it looks like they have him listed as being from the state of Georgia, and yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, it, a little bit different. Uh, places. Yeah. Just a little slightly different accents. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like this team a lot. Um, do I like them against Arizona, though? I don't know. I mean, it, I'll, I'll say it is on the road, so it, it'll be a tough matchup. I'm going to pick Arizona to win the game. Yeah. I mean, that, that just kind of makes sense. Uh, Nico Mannion, I think, is going to be great in this game. Josh Green... Obviously a star. Um, it'll be interesting to see that kind of matchup of uh, Cockburn against Arizona's front court. Yeah. See. Uh, certainly, I think Arizona's front court is something that has question marks. 
Uh, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get out of Chase Jeter on a nightly basis. Yeah. Uh, the president, Zeke Naji, I think it is. Mm-hmm. He played well in their first game. I think he had 20 and 10. Uh, but, you know, it's he's not like a top 50 recruiter or anything like that. So Right. Yeah, and you've you got... can't expect that on a consistent basis. No, uh, it will be. I mean, they obviously got a nice shot in the arm with uh, Jamal Baker getting eligibility. That's going to be a nice guy for them to be able to bring in um, from Kentucky's team last year. So, and I Max like ha- that third shooter off the bench. Yeah, and Max Hazard, I think, is a really good, I mean, obviously a great name, but. Um, yeah, coming over from uh, UC Irvine and kind of pres- providing some stability at the guard position where Nico Mannion, you know, if he's having some kind of first-year learning curve difficulties at all, being able to bring Hazard in um, to kind of run things a little bit, that's that's a huge strength for that roster. And I think it's just, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty well-put-together roster uh, on paper. Getting that, all of that onto the court, though, is, you know, a different story. Yeah, that, anyone can win a roster showdown. It's can you sure. win on that court? And, of course, them not having Brandon Williams and them not having Devonair Detrieve, um, one due to injury, one due to suspension, that's, you know, that that's not insignificant. Yeah. I, I don't think it's like a deal breaker, but... No. But could, yeah. it, could it lead to them losing games to... Decent, you know, good teams like Illinois, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, final thing I wanted to touch on. Yeah. Uh, what top 25 teams are kind of like, are we overrating a little bit? Uh, and then a couple teams you think aren't getting enough love uh, this season? Yeah. So obviously it's hard to tell, you know, it's all still kind of hypothetical. We haven't seen too much, but... I got to say, I feel like Seton Hall is maybe a little overrated. I I think that part of that is they bring back so much, but what do they really add to last year? Um, But also, there's really just kind of a vacuum after about eight or nine teams, I feel like, in college basketball, where the top eight or nine are easy. And then somebody has to start filling out those 10th spots, which is where you see teams like Villanova, Oregon, Seton Hall... Uh, Gonzaga maybe showing up in those kinds of spots. So I think right now that might just be why I'm feeling like Seton Hall is overrated because I'm putting them up in those spots, but I don't really know necessarily. Do I think that this is actually one of the top, you know, 11 or 12 teams in the nation? I don't know that I'm quite sold on that just yet. Yeah. I mean, I top 11 or 12 just in NCAA tournament terms means they can make the second weekend. I think, you know, they can certainly do that, but you know, my sold on them being like a legitimate big East title contender. I, I kind of have those similar questions. Yeah. Certainly miles Powell leading the team, you know, he's fantastic, but oh, yeah, you know, are you going to get the same, same production or consistent production out of Sandro, Mamouche, Philly, Sully. Yeah, more uh, more Georgians. Yeah, we really we really went after it, getting uh, both of the prominent Georgian players. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's 
it's yeah. Are you going to be able to get enough from him uh, from from them? It's a good question, and I'm not sure. Maybe, but like I said, it's a little too early to start calling people too overrated. I know VCU had some trouble putting away North Texas last night. Yeah, that, that might be one of those teams they run it back, but you know, I don't know if they got necessarily better than they were last year. Yeah. And so, like, last year they were kind of like an 8-9 seed. I think they mm-hmm. were kind of a scrappy team. Uh, and they still have the scrappiness, but... Yeah. You know, you need to score 70 points to really, you know, make hay. And I don't know right. if they can and actually score 70 exactly. points against a halfway decent defense. Right, because even though you know Virginia has been showing that, yeah, you can win defensive games, their offense, the reason that they won the national title, and a big reason, was because their offense started to catch up with their defense. And for VCU, that yeah. just really hasn't happened yet, I don't think. You know, because they scored under 60 points last night against a North Texas team that is not as good as they were last year. I think that's yeah. easy to say. So. Uh, my my team, I, I was going to say overrated category is Virginia. I Okay. They, they're obviously, I think they're even better than they were last year defensively. Now, grand last year they weren't like as great as most Virginia teams defensively were. Sure. But still like offensively, you know, Kihei Clark had a nice game, but are we going to expect to see, you know, 11 points, seven assists on a consistent basis, maybe. I, I don't think we will, but... Yeah, um, I mean, somebody has to make those passes, but yeah, I don't know if we're going to see quite that level of production. Yeah. I, I mean, Virginia is going to hold teams to, like, 50 points. Uh, they're going to get in their slow tempo, but, like, do they have the offense to make a second weekend run, like, you know, many people are projecting. I don't think so. I'm not a big believer in that. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know who who's going to be that guy who really takes over like you saw. Actually, I mean, different guys on Virginia doing, but DeAndre Hunter, Kyle Guy, I mean, those guys would get hot and take over games and kind of win them almost sort of single-handedly at the end sometimes. And I just don't know who on Virginia this year is really equipped to do that yeah and you know they're gonna win games they're gonna probably be fourth in the acc i would say yeah uh but it's you know being a second weekend team you know that that is where i kind of like hesitate to you know buy into the virginia bandwagon Uh, yeah I, i i agree with you there i think what team would you say is a little bit underrated uh, this um, year? That one's a little tough, honestly. Um, I I will say Auburn looked pretty good. Um, I thought that they, they played a good game, trying to remember exactly who it was that they were playing. Uh, what, what game was that? Uh, Davidson. Davidson. Davidson, right. Thank you. Sorry, these that was another early game that started while I was at work. But yeah, they you know they look good in that game. Um, they need to shoot better. 
I think. You know, they, they didn't shoot very well from uh, from long range against Georgia Southern or Davidson in the first two games. So they need to kind of clean that up, but I think they're kind of the same defensive force that they were before, and I think they could be maybe not quite as good, but uh, I think that they could be pretty good. And they're they're not getting quite as much love as I think maybe they deserve. Yeah, I can believe that, or at least buy that. <laughs> yeah, I think last night Isaac Okoro had a big game, you know, he was able to hit a couple, you know, hit a big step back three early in the game, mm-hmm. uh, kind of set a tone. And what they did really well, they didn't allow John Axel Goodmanson and Kellen Grady to beat them. They really, yeah. you know, clamped down on those two. Right. So if they can, if they can shut down, you know, two, the other teams, like top two options on a consistent basis, that's a pretty good recipe for success. Yeah. Uh, one team I, I was kind of thinking of, uh, you know, it lo- might be a little bit coming off of last night's performance, but Washington, I think, might be yeah. a little bit undervalued. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, looking at the way the w- roster was set up on paper, I wasn't a huge fan of McDaniels and Stewart's, you know, playing alongside each other. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I got, you know, watching that game last night, I you know, kind of bought into them being an elite defensive team, you know, maybe one of the top five in the sport, uh, just with all that length and versatility and the ability to kind of like play man to man in zone at times. And you also have, you know, good offense player, Jaden McDaniels, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, and then, you know, they have some shooters, uh, Nas Carter hits threes. You know, I think, Washington maybe is one of those teams that, you know, could be a second weekend team that we're kind of undervaluing at this no, point. I think you're I think you're on the right track there. Um, especially if Quade Green can uh can immediately produce. He didn't have a great game uh last night. He went one for seven. But, you know, he's shown in the past that he can be uh, a pretty reliable three point shooter. And if he can bring that to this team alongside those other guys playing well, then yeah, I agree. I think Washington, I, it wouldn't shock me if Washington actually even won the Pac-12. I mean, Oregon and Arizona are both pretty good, but Washington, I think, has that high ceiling. Yeah, I think it, in the Pac-12, you kind of have four teams that you could reasonably say, oh, well, this is your Pac-12 champion. Yeah. Uh, which is a little bit different from you know, most leagues in the country, most leagues you have like, look at SEC, it's either Kentucky or Florida. You look at the Big right. 12, it's Kansas, even though they didn't win it last year. But, but I mean, uh, Duke, yeah. it's, or ACC, it's Duke or it's Louisville, I guess. You, you kind of have more parity within the Pac-12. Yeah, I agree. Although I will say North Carolina looked pretty dang good uh cole anthony had a nice debut so you know who they might put their names into that acc champion conversation but but you're right where there's not one kind of one or two clear clearly better than the others i think oregon arizona washington and colorado could all kind of be in that 15 to 30 range maybe even a little higher um in the rankings all season long 
yeah, it's, certainly the Pac-12 race can be entertaining to watch. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before I let you go here? Uh, just go Beavers. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be rooting for uh, for them to get a win today. Um, but other than that, no, I think uh, I'm just ready to enjoy, kind of sit down and enjoy the first full Saturday of basketball. Okay, thanks for coming on. And make sure to follow him at Andrew Dekoff. Uh, get him to 1,000 Twitter followers. <laughs> uh, relevancy. Yes. All uh, right. Thank you for joining. Right. Thank you, John. And have a nice day. You too.